you take your coffee with usually, bro? I'm a black coffee guy. Just black. You drink it black? I drink it black because I want to taste it. I want to taste what kind of coffee it is, what kind of flavor. I heard it's actually better for you to have black coffee. It is a lot better. I think if you're, if you're not dumping cream and sugar into your coffee every day, you're going to notice a difference eventually. I can drink black coffee sometimes, but I usually have just one cream, one sugar. Is that right? Just Nothing one, more. One of each? Yeah, just one of each. I think if I do get a regular coffee, that's what I do too. Just the one cream. Or you can do a half cream, half sugar too. Mm -hmm. They do that there. Oh, really? Anywhere. Anywhere does it. Mm. Yeah. I used to go to Tim's, but I don't really go anymore. I like McDonald's the best. Yeah, McDonald's is the best coffee, isn't it? Yeah. In my opinion. And that was Tim Horton's old brew. Mm -hmm. That's Isn't that ironic? It is ironic. And I wonder how many people, like if you put that as a survey, <laughs> who, who would uh, choose McDonald's coffee or Tim Hortons? Yeah, exactly. And every time you get it at McDonald's too, it's just piping hot. It is piping hot. Like you can't drink it for 30 minutes. Yeah. Or like 20 minutes even before you even think about a sip. Are you much of a tea drinker or just mostly coffee? I drink tea. I drink tea when I don't want to get super caffeinated, yeah. you know? Like, I know there's caffeine in tea, but it doesn't get me the same way coffee does. Yeah, I usually like to have uh, decaffeinated coffee. Yeah. Just like a little bit of caffeine. Yeah. Not the full shot. I had an espresso shot one time, actually, and that just hopped me up all day. <laughs> it did, eh? Yeah. That's funny. I think that espresso, I get I get the, the regular, so it's, so it's the McCafe regular. So one cream, one sugar with a shot of espresso and that will like power you for eight hours straight. Oh, is <laughs> it's that right? It's like the best coffee ever. Huh. Yeah. That's my, that's my go-to if I'm having like a slow start to my day. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Highly recommend. I watched that new movie, Don't Look Up, the other day. Oh, yes. Pretty really good. good. Yeah. I what, enjoyed it too. What did you think? I thought it was fantastic. I'm a big movie buff, as you know, and, you know, I thought everybody was great in it, and I thought the vision for it was good, and it sent a clear message. What more can you ask for, right? Yeah, totally. I like the ensemble of cast that yeah. they assembled with Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Jonah jo Hill. Jonah Hill, yeah. Um, anybody listening right now, of course, spoiler alert, I know we're kind of pushing the envelope with the grace period because it's still a very fresh new movie just kind of came out not too long ago so yeah but it'll be in the description of this episode just to, just to warn you give you give you a couple of warnings anyways go no further but but i urge you to go watch it but uh yeah no what was really um what was really eerie about this movie was that it's got so many parallels to what's happening today yeah. Yeah, and that's the clear intention behind it, right? Is to just have a, a, a sort of dilemma that they have to solve and nobody's listening. Mm -hmm. Like they have a comet coming to Earth that's going to cause mass extinction. Right. And Leo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are these astronomers from universities and they capture it on their telescopes. So then they set out on like this media campaign all across the United States to try to warn the world and warn the White House, the people in charge of the country, 
to get them to stop it because they supposedly have the technology to stop it. Right. But as we see throughout the movie, people have very different perceptions on Doomsday. Yeah. Yeah, and just straight up, people just weren't listening to them. You know, the hard facts were there and they just wouldn't listen. It pays a lot of homage to to the different types of crowds we have out there, right? You got the crowd that won't believe it until they see it. Yeah. You got people that are in straight up denial about it. Mm-hmm. And you got the believers who are trying to get the deniers to believe it. Yeah. And then you got some people that just don't care, period. They'll, they'll ignore it. Like it's, even if they know deep down in their heart it's true, they just don't care. Exactly. They just want to keep living life. Yeah. And that's not going to stop the problem. <laughs> no, it's not. It was a very interesting take in the sense that they showed every aspect that you just mentioned there. They showed everything, like every group of people basically that would occur in this scenario. And I thought they did a really good job of that. And obviously Leo's, you know, breakdown on live live television there where he just loses it and he just goes on this large tangent essentially just ripping the whole world uh you know what and he uh i think he was really letting out some of his own personal anger about the world today in that speech i truly believe that or in that monologue because he killed that scene oh no question it was absolutely a parallel to you know leo's belief in climate change and a lot of people's belief in climate change like that was a pure message love letter if you will to get out to the people that climate change is an issue issue and it's portrayed that society is ignorant to that exactly but that's the message i got from it yeah and i gotta be honest with you getting that message delivered to me via hollywood Mm -hmm. is a little bit a little bit hypocritical and hard to to digest as a common folk person yeah i have a hard time accepting that from people in my opinion who who are just part of the whole problem it's not just about climate change it's about society in general the way we've adapted the way we are now Mm -hmm. in terms of what we what we care about and what we don't care about yeah you know we we make icons out of people yeah when we shouldn't yeah it's a lot of systemic problem yeah and it's just, it, I could have more relatability if that was filmed in uh, a citizen's basement rather than the glamorous studios of Hollywood. You know what I mean? I hear you. It's just a weird perception I have when I, when I watch this film. It doesn't take away from the fact that it was a well-done film. I like Adam McKay. He's done some good movies. You know, he did Anchorman. Uh, what was that one he did recently there? Um, I know Adam McKay from The Big Short. The Big Short, that's what it was. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Yeah. But the housing crisis, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can learn a lot in that movie if you just listen to what they're talking about with the housing markets and stuff. It's educational, right? I love movies that are educational. Yeah. Like to you, if you're a person who has never played baseball and you watch Moneyball, you're educated on baseball. Oh, absolutely. It's uh that's one of my favorite movies. It really is one of mine too. As far as like a sports biography goes, Moneyball is at the very top of my list. Well, and it's just cool to see what happens behind the scenes with professional sports. You know, it's pretty volatile. Yeah, it is. 
It is. And the thing is, a lot of it is true, but Hollywood does glamorize it too. Right. And Moneyball is actually, uh, it's plagued with many lies actually. Like there was a lot of things that actually didn't happen that they put in that movie. Oh really? Like what? Like Art Howe's relationship with Billy Bean. It was very good. Oh yeah. They made him like really villainous. That's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Yeah. And I mean, Jonah Hill's character is fictional in general. Like that character doesn't exist. So that's another thing. There was a character that he was based on. Um, there was the Pena trade that didn't go down at all like that, apparently. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up Moneyball in particular because Moneyball and Don't Look Up have similar premises. You got a guy, Brad Pitt, Billy Bean, his character, uh, believing in an idea and getting ridiculed for it. Right. And receiving the the heat of that ridicule, nobody taking him seriously. Yeah, and, and in the end, he was right. Just like Don't Look Up with Leo and Jennifer's characters. Yeah, the only real difference is is Moneyball was based on facts, right. whereas you know Don't Look Up is a fictional story from start to finish. Yeah. But yeah, one thing that I really took away from Don't Look Up is the human tendencies that were really brought out. You know, you saw deceiving, you saw evil, you saw anger, corruption, mm. selfishness, all these natural human emotions that are bringing about the destruction of humanity before humanity even ends. So yeah. we're looking at the systemic destruction of society before society is even wiped out physically right. by a comet. It's really ironic. It is ironic. It's almost a comedy in well, a sense. Like it's the genre. Yeah, it's satire. It's it's black satire. comedy. Yeah. yeah. Black comedy. I like black comedy. Um, I know that it's it's a touchy it's definitely like a touchy sort of uh, category for people, but for me personally I love movies that make you think in any form. So that makes sense. The part that really got me in Don't Look Up was at the end when it was imminent that the comet was going to hit Earth at that point. And Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, those characters, they already knew the end was here. And they were kind of at peace with it. And then they saw the trouble across the globe. Everybody started panicking now with it at the doorstep. Yeah. And they're like flat out panicking, the people. But Leo and Jennifer have had enough time now to kind of accept it and be at peace with it. And, yeah. they, and they go about the end in the most noble way possible. Yeah. They hook up with family members and they have one final last supper. I, I would say that that movie was even paying homage to Christianity and Jesus in the Last Supper. That could have some parallels as well. 100%. Very good parallel. And the way they went about it was just so pure and beautiful. They just wanted to have... A normal night and as the havoc was bursting around them when the comic did hit yeah and leo utters that very chilling but beautiful line wow we really did have it all didn't we yeah and by having it all it's not much when you think about it in the grand scheme of things it's not as practical as what you think it is having it all to a lot of people means having all the money in the world having a big mansion Ooh. you know but what what you really do have it all with is 
a loving family, people who love you, that are beside you every step of the way, living in the moment, cherishing every ounce of life that you have in your body and the things that surround you. I find there's a lot of beauty, especially in the end. It's terrifying, but it's beautiful. And it just reminds you how great it is to really be a human who doesn't have a lot of time on this planet because time is, is money. Time is the gold. Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. What do you think of that? I think that the ending gave me hope, actually to the point where I thought that they might make it, you know, because it was such a casual supper that they were having, it made me feel like everything was going to be okay. And then, like you said, Leo's line there, we really did have it all, didn't we? You kind of have a, a moment where you reflect when he says that and you go, okay, I got a lot, but also like you're thinking to yourself, but you're also watching the movie and you go, we really did have it all, didn't we? And all of a sudden the explosion happens, right? And it's loud. Like the movie ends quite wildly, in my opinion. To me, that's what makes the movie because you don't see that happening with a lot of movies that are similar to that genre. Every other movie you watch like that, good things happen in the end. Excuse me. Good things happen in the end. Yeah. They, they end up not being wiped out. This movie broke through that barrier. They went and they took that opportunity and they were wiped out in the end. Yeah. Something I did not really expect to happen. I thought for sure that the government was going to stop the comet from coming to earth are going to break it up in time yeah but they didn't and that to me is what made this movie yeah. and it's also going back to you know we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone we don't appreciate what we have until we're in a desperate moment that makes us reflect because we're selfish we're so self-absorbed in all these little petty things throughout our life whether it's personal squabbles with someone you know being divided over some particular topic, hating one another, caring about what that celebrity posted on social media, you know, watching Big Brother and the Kardashians every day. It amounts to nothing in the end if you can't understand the beauty that is your life, you individually. There's beauty in your life, and that's what you should be focused on, not others. You need to, you need to care about others and love others, but you still need to look out for you and appreciate you and what you have before you. That's well said. It's very well said. It gives you something to think about. I think about the fact that, yeah, it would be nice to be rich and not have to worry about money. Not having that worry in general, that's something we all strive for. But it's funny, when you get to that point that you want to be at, you're never satisfied. You want to find something else. You're always looking for something to fill a hole that you're never going to fill. So like when you have everything physically, when you have all these objects, all this money, anything you could ever possibly want you have, it still feels like you have nothing if you don't have anybody there to share it with or any person beside you to care about it with. Correct. You're going to want that person in the end. You're going to want to share your belongings your life your happiness whatever like as a collective it it was it's almost like a, a it's tailored to a story of humanity 
like we, they end up coming together at the end as well. Exactly. At the end of the day, when it's over, all that matters is who's beside you. Yeah. I think our biggest flaw too as human beings right now is that feelings dictate us. Mm. Yeah. You know, we're not just ran by our feelings. We're enslaved by them. Like that's how much our feelings have a grip on us. And it really navigates our choices. It navigates our thoughts. We live in a society where like anything that we do or feel is projected and it's projected onto you. It's projected onto social media. It's projected to like whoever you're surrounding, right? It's important that we acknowledge those feelings, but there was this sort of ignorance to those feelings before, wasn't there? Mm -hmm. And I think that the world has sort of shaped us in this way where anytime we're feeling a certain way, it's like a red alert flash. We got to talk about it. And this is human nature, by the way. This isn't something that can be changed overnight. We're not trying to change it. You can't change human nature. But what you can do is, is embrace other feelings easier when we're so quick to, to feelings such as anger, worrisome nature, Ooh, neg- negative things, anxiety. We're, we're drawn to that. It's, it's just something that our mind naturally goes to yeah. before we go to happiness. Right. So you got to find a shorter route to we that have, happiness. We have, we have so many disruptions around us, mm-hmm. which kind of influence which direction our feelings go. Yeah. Which isn't always a good thing. And we're at a point in society where we're at this peak where we decide, is it going to destroy us? Or are we going to learn from it and grow from it and not let it take us over so that when that end eventually comes, at least we have a level head about it and we can appreciate what we have and still live a fulfilling life. Yeah. Let it mean something. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think that if, if we as a collective don't come together, at any point then it's going to be a long ride I think that once things go back to a certain level of normalcy we'll all be able to see eye to eye maybe a little bit better but I just couldn't agree more with the sense that like you need to have the ability to interact as human beings And we should take this as a lesson and move forward and moving forward. We need to respect each other and we need to realize that we're the same species. And you don't need a comet to know that the world is going to crap. No. You can destroy it before that comet hits. The comet's irrelevant, but it's a signal, you know, to change our ways a little bit. Yeah. You know, be open to each other. Embrace love instead of hate and division no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on no matter what your belief is embracing the good nature of human feelings Mm -hmm. and paying less attention to the negative things 
Do you believe in aliens, Brim? Do you think there's life out there beyond Earth? I think that the universe is too vast for there not to be. Just because we don't know of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I think there's a lot out there that doesn't exist, or that does exist, that we just don't don't or can't comprehend because of the, the vastness, if you will, of our universe. What do you feel on the subject? I know you've always believed, but... I personally do. It's for the same reasons you do. Like, this universe is too big to not have other life on this planet. Yeah. Or beyond it. I think that it's also okay to say that there's a chance that that extraterrestrial life form also doesn't is not aware of us. Someone said something interesting about that to me once, where they said, like, a reason why we haven't really witnessed them the aliens people have stories of of seeing ufos in the sky and i believe that yeah but some of the skeptics out there who are like i've never seen one i why aren't they out it's like bigfoot you know you just never see it so you don't necessarily believe it but someone said to me once why would they come here why would they want to come here and see what we're like right now yeah and the problems we're having here it's like they wouldn't want to touch us with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit a bit harsh, but I don't know. Like there's 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 reasons why an alien race would want to be here. And there's also a highly advanced and very careful government that would want to hide that, right? Like it's not something that that that's that's so out in the open that people could just view like in a museum that would be kept as secret as possible so there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't see it necessarily yeah i i really that's one of my guilty pleasures if you will is wanting to know what the other people in the world don't know like who has that information you know like there's there's a human being on this planet that has information that i don't have you know, and he, that, that man or woman is like, knows that there's extraterrestrial life out there. There's several things that I would like the truth to. One being JFK. Yeah. Conspiracy or not. Yeah. And, uh, of course the other being aliens. Yeah. How do you feel on the topic of 9-11? Uh, that's a touchy one. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I never like to go around it. I just... Yeah, I mean, that's a discussion for another time. Of course. But, um, you know, it's hard to say. There's a lot of different stories out there. I just... Oh, right now, I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't know what to believe. Yeah. We're listing conspiracies, right? So... Mm-hmm. I'm not a conspiracy nut, but, uh, you know, there are some intriguing things out there worth investigating, at least. If you're going to be a conspiracy, a conspiracy theory hunter, like on the web or whatever, you need to have, you need to be the type of person that can shake it off after. Mm-hmm. Because there are sometimes people who I think are a little too influenced by what they read. And sometimes with those things, you're going to find articles that aren't true. Well, there, there's topics that have a bottomless pit, you know. You you go deep down the rabbit hole and it takes you to all kinds of different directions. 
and that's when you decide for yourself it's, if it's worth investigating or not because things get can get crazier and crazier and crazier as you get deeper. Yeah, I like to look at a lot of conspiracy theorists as simple investigative journalists. They are, you know, for sure. They're being respectful about it and they're put, putting in the time and research to try to figure out something. What's wrong with that? All the power to you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, everyone and anyone can be an investigative journalist if you put your mind to it and essentially do your research right it's like true crime you know people are obsessed with with murder mysteries oh i am yeah so am i yeah it's really fascinating it's disturbing but it's fascinating fascinating about it though is like how come a human being like you and me could you know dive to the depths that they did Mm -hmm. and do the things that they did you know, there's some morbid, morbid things that people have done to each other. Right. And it also, in in an hour of evil, it can bring out the best in humans who band together because they want to find the truth and bring whoever was responsible for a murder to justice. So there's good and bad to it, right? I think we forget sometimes that there was this little era of time called medieval times. And I think things were done a little bit differently back then, if uh, the stories ring true. Um, yeah, a very violent world, I think. Well, yeah, absolutely. And we forget about the two different worlds. One being more focused on just basic survival day to day. Yeah. And then we live in a much easier time now because we've progressed so much that we forget how hard it was in past generations just to survive. Yeah. And I think that's a problem with society today. When things are too easy, we, we're more susceptible to problems. We're more susceptible to, to negativity. Yeah. I love old movies because it shows you that era of time and how people acted and treated each other and dressed. Everybody was fancy. Everybody was formal. Everybody was polite. It was just a... It was a better time in that sense, but they also have stuff that they fought for, that they fought for freedom, they fought for rights, they fought for this, that, the other, you know, like historic people lived before us, just before us in the generation. Long ago, but not that long ago, if you think about it, right? Yes. It's it's really not. Like, I, I call a century not that long ago. Well, and when you think about how old the earth actually is, it's like not even, it's like pebbles. Exactly. Um, you really, if you're, if you're looking at the bigger picture, I think at times you need to like look at, it's either a massive picture where it's like the earth and the seven or eight or nine, whatever it's at, billion people on the planet. You look at it that way or you look at it like I'm in Edmonton, Alberta, population one million and you and me are sitting here right now. That's what I can comprehend sitting here right now talking to you. But if I like try and open up my brain to think, okay, I'm sitting here with you. My neighbor's over there with how many people? There's people over there. There's people across the street. There's human beings literally everywhere. And we all live together. Like we're all like together, but like close, but like don't talk to each other except for like, hi, hello. Isn't that strange? It is strange. And it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough road to go down. Like you don't want to really go down that road thinking about it because you get too in your own head. But sometimes it's nice to dive down that road 
a little bit and just like scratch the surface and just go, we're human beings. Period. That's how vast it can be. You know, we're a species. This is a planet. We live here. That's all I have to say on that. That's what the collective vision, that's what the collective goal is. We have our actual home is Earth. You're my brother. You know, like we're human beings. We're both male human beings. Like, we're obviously not siblings, you know what I'm saying? But like it's like we're the same species, we we you know, same beating heart, things like that. That's that's the depth that you can dive to. For sure. Not and to go on a tangent on your podcast. No, no, that's that's great. That's 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 why we get together and talk about these things. I think it's really important to ponder existence, ponder meeting, ponder It's good for the soul. Yeah, why we are. Why are we? Just simply like that. Yeah. You don't need to have a PhD or or be this renowned person to have a credible opinion about something. That's why you have an opinion and you can sit here and discuss it which again is something that's lacking today or at least when people are trying to have an opinion it gets it gets shot down like you're an idiot or something yeah but i want to live in a world where basically it's just one giant open forum that would be nice that would be really nice where you can share your thoughts and opinions without being shamed or you know shame without shaming the next person you know it's uh it's that's a utopia that we uh we may never get to yeah. as a as a race, but I want to listen to experts, but I also want to listen to what the average person has to say too about the same topic. Of course, you know what I mean. I want the thing that we lack. I think a little bit is the interest in others. Like I'm interested in what you have to say. I want to go and talk to somebody. And hear what they have to say, you know, like I, that's what I like. I'm glad you don't share the same opinion as me because it would be boring otherwise. Mm -hmm. Like, am I, am I on the same page with you here? Yeah. It's nice to share different opinions, but respect each other. I think it makes for an interesting conversation. It sure does. And that's why I think about, you know, if we ever got to space one day, you know, are we taking all these things that we learn here over to another world? Because eventually, I'm really intrigued by Elon Musk and his vision for the future. Like, they're trying to get to Mars. Like, you see his social media accounts, that they're literally building rockets. Yeah. And when you think about it, we're not that far away from probably inhabiting another world or at least touching down on it which is wild certainly in our lifetime it is from a light year standpoint and the vastness of space mars is technically right down the road when you have like an actual rocket to get it, there with it is and i think we're kind of a lucky world that we have a guy like elon musk that is breaking boundaries it's quite i keep hearing this term and it, and it rings so true like we're living in such a crazy time for both good and bad i would prefer to focus on the good but it's hard not to focus on all the bad too because it's affecting us all yeah but when we look at the grand picture you know we're we're, we're starting to really 
you know, modernize our technology for space travel, or at least some people are. And they're literally talking about having like a manned mission to Mars. It's quite impressive. Mm -hmm. Like talk to me in 20 years. Yeah. There'll be a few things that have happened. Well, the way people have talked in the past, you'd think we'd have flying cars by now. That's interesting, hey, that everybody clung on to that idea. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, the cars are going to fly because that makes the most sense. Can you imagine the air traffic control that you'd have to do for people flying in intersections? I couldn't imagine because I wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) What about car accidents? Oh, I know. It looks easy in Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, until somebody gets into a head-on collision or cuts you off mid-cloud. Yeah, you know, flying into the not only that, but you're falling as well because yeah. you're in it in midair. Mm-hmm. So you've been hit. Somebody, some asshole sideswiped you in his <laughs> Tesla Air 2. <laughs> you fall to your death on another highway down below for the people who are still driving because they can't afford the flying car. <laughs> That's yeah. my vision for the future. Yeah. Do you think we're closer to having like energy weapons like plasma rifles and stuff that you see in video games Hmm. that's a good question can they harness energy or even seeing like a a lightsaber from like jedi days is that even possible i've seen it on youtube let's not forget that these movies we've they've been around forever but tony stark doesn't exist that sort of like sustainable energy doesn't exist the tesseract like that's uh, made up like mythology box cube from a made up planet that Stan Lee created <laughs> <laughs> and I think at times we forget that like human beings can maybe harness electricity in small forms right now or big forms but can they turn it into the energy like the comics like into lightning bolts or into just like a Tony Stark sort of like energy, you know, like that sort of power that comes from the center piece of his, uh, what do you call that thing that he wears? The arc reactor. The arc reactor. Like, does that exist on the elemental chart here in our world? Not yet. When I think about our government leaders and, and the technology that they have access to, from a military standpoint and all their top scientists and people working on the job. Yeah. I think that a Tony Stark-esque power suit is not as far-fetched as it seems. That, to me, is the most realistic of all the things we've just mentioned. I have seen some of these brilliant scientists who post videos on YouTube actually recreate their own version of like a Jedi lightsaber. It's not by the traditional sense no. of what you see in the movies, but it, it's 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 the same kind of concept of like projecting like a like a flame or something out of a, a console that can power Constantly. energy. Yeah. But it's not an actual lightsaber that you clank it together and it clanks with the other. Yeah. It, it'll burn the hell out of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it won't like you can't you can't duel like a sword fight. Interesting. But still quite interesting stuff i've even seen people try to recreate like batman's gadgets like grapple guns and spider-man having his uh, his web slinging technology yeah the web fluid those things are like impossible though yeah when they try it 
because like a lot of physics just don't allow it <laughs> the way they no. do like in the movies right no exactly it's just fascinating to me that those things could exist though one day the possibilities are endless but there's also too many stories out there to at least not entertain some ideas yeah it, you know and that's, that's why it's good to at least just have a civil discussion about it and maybe even investigate a little bit doesn't yeah. mean you have to be some crazy scientist and and uh you know question the periodic table you know what i mean like it comes down to just being open-minded that's all yeah exactly well that does it for today's episode everybody we hope you enjoyed it and thank you very much for tuning in we'll see you again next time i'm your host zane tomich signing off from shatter the glass <laughs>